This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. What matters is that you keep moving forward in life in a healthy way, in a resilient way, knowing that inevitably you're going to hit bumps. You're going to have to dig deep. Um, you're going to hit some low points and it's all about learning about who you are and what you want in this ever changing world, which is far too, uh, stress promoting, um, in all levels these days. Welcome to August Sitting Down with Dr. Dan. Thank you all for listening to our Parent Footprint bonus episode every month and for sending us your great parenting questions through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our email podcast at drdanpeters.com. I'm joined with none other than our audio engineer and dad, Phil, today. Hello, Dr. Hello, Dan. Phil. How is it going? Wow, it, it's going in that sort of way that uh, the kids just went back to school today, and I'm wondering where mm-hmm. the entire summer went. It's, that's how it's going. It's, it's a blur. It's, a, it's blur. a blur. I'm, I'm not saying it's going bad. It's great. But it just yes. its one of those moments where you are very cognizant of just how fast time passes, passes by. And the older we get... It goes faster and faster. That's why. And faster. We must strive to be present when at all possible. <laughs> yes. This is true. Life happens, Life happens in the moments, in people. In the moments. And sometimes yes. in between them. So we got to keep a lookout. <laughs> yes. But we have uh, a lot of great questions today. So uh, let's jump in with our first question. Uh, we've okay. had questions come to us via email as well as across social media. So our first question of the August episode goes as follows. As a non-parent, how can I support the kids in my life? I would love answers that can help us aunts and uncles to have healthy, fulfilling relationships with kids that are not ours, especially if we are child-free by choice. This is such an amazing opportunity. Kids need non-parents to help guide them, right? This is the this is the um, the model of the community, the village, the kin network, uh, raising kids, the neighbors, right? Like the the communities where your kids are going to other people, other adults, other guides for support when they don't feel comfortable necessarily talking to parents. Which, by the way, everyone is totally normal. It's like we have this belief these days that our, we should be so close to our kids that they always feel comfortable coming to us for everything. Now, some parents and yeah. kids do have that relationship. Many, many do to a point, 
and then it's it sort of it, it stops, <laughs> particularly around the pre-adolescent, adolescent plus years. Um, right? There are there are um, we have our role as parents, but then we need all of the other aunts and uncles and cousins mm-hmm. and grandparents and coaches and mentors um, and family friends. Right. So. So this is an amazing opportunity, and I'm so glad you asked this question. Mm-hmm. Um, several things. One is being available. So just being available to these 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 other kids in your family, your family members, um, biological or non-biological, being available. Um, I have, um, and know many who have yeah. cousins yeah. and aunts and uncles who are not biological, but we all grew up together, and that's what we call we call each other, and it's so special. So, presence, being available to them. Also, what you get to do is you get to have your wisdom and have your life experience, but you're not in charge of them. You don't have to set the same kind of rules, right. the same kind of parameters. <laughs> you get to be, in a sense, a little more, at times, cooler and a more easygoing, right? Like I, like the relationships yeah. that yeah. I have with my nieces and nephews is different than, at times, the relationship that I have with my own kids, and vice versa with my kids with their aunts and uncles. So it's... um. So just know by just you being present and just being yourself and being open is 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 number one. Mm-hmm. And it can be where you're actually doing things with them um, out in the world. You're the one that you guys like uh, going to uh, nature together. You like going to your foodies. So you like going to food places together. You like music. You like theater. Going places and being together also sets up the opportunities for the conversations to take place where you are important to them. The other thing is never underestimate how important you are because you're not going to be told that. And and there's so many of the, the teen, the children, the teens, it's like they, they think so much about you and you just don't know it till much later, or you get a letter or someone tells you about it. So, um, I got more. I got more on my mind, but um, Phil, you're nodding your head. So good. I know you got stuff to say. From the perspective of the parents, having another trusted adult or adult figure in in the lives of our children can often offer mm-hmm. us a great sense of relief because there is. We do feel overwhelmed at times we do feel like we are Mm -hmm. carrying the entire world on our shoulders and to be able to have that moment where you realize that okay well you know uncle uncle frank is in town today and you know my son's gonna they're gonna spend some time together and i just know that uncle frank is a great listener and there are things that you know my son will be able to share with him that he might not be comfortable sharing with me and I don't have to worry so much about not being able to support my son and whatever he can't share with me because uncle Frank is there. And again, it's that, you know, it, it takes a village and it feels great to know that you are not mm-hmm. 100% on the line at every moment. And that can be enormously relieving just to know that you're getting a break and it's okay. And it's, it's a genuine mm-hmm. break because it's with someone that you trust as well. So being on that side of it, being that trusted person, just like mm-hmm. you might not necessarily hear it from 
from the kids, you may not necessarily hear it from the parents as well, because we're only human and we get very, we get wrapped up in everything like everyone else does, but just know mm-hmm. that we do feel that relief and we do feel that appreciation, even if we're not voicing it. Yeah. Oh, that, that's a, that's a, that's a great point. Um, knowing that you have a team and other people caring for your kids, uh, as much as you, it's, it's, it, it's a, it's a, it's hard to express that feeling of, um, like, I don't know, inner secure, it's like security and it's like someone else has got your back as well. Yeah. And, right. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I was also going to say, um, cause this question is about having f- healthy and fulfilling relationships. We don't need to be serious to also always have healthy and fulfilling relationships. Mm-hmm. You get be fun, right? Like, yeah. like you, it's great to be the fun one to be the adventurous one, um, to be the one who does different things than mm-hmm. your kid, the, than your um, nieces and nephews get to do with their family. Like you get to be, if you wish, expansive to these kids and also carve out your own special relationship without, yeah. you don't need to try. It just, it'll, it'll happen over time by your presence and the uh, experiences that you share together. Yeah. The experience is one that you share together, but then the experiences that you're, you're bringing to the relationship because those experiences will be different than the experiences of their parents and of their, of their siblings. And that has impact and that will, again, being ex- expansive could be expansive in, in the activities that we're doing or in the perspectives that we're able to share. And as parents of, of, of teens, there's less return on the investment in, as far as the stories we share. And, and they don't always listen to us the same way because it's, oh, dad, here, here goes dad again, being mm-hmm. very philosophical. Dad explaining. Dad explaining. Yes. But the information is often absorbed a little bit differently when yes. it's coming from a non parent yes. adult. Yes. Yes. So we need you. We need yes. you, non parents and non parents by choice. Yes. Please and thank you. Yes. <laughs> okay. Moving along to the next question, question number two. How do I best support my student who wants to transfer colleges? How can we parents help make the process go as smoothly as possible? This is happening. First, I want to normalize this. This is happening all the time. Um, In our day and age, Phil, I know I'm Mm -hmm. a bit older than you, but in our day and age, it it wasn't as common for people to transfer so regularly. And as time has gone on, it's become more and more regular. And now with post-COVID, mm-hmm. I'll say it that way, post-COVID mm-hmm. crisis, COVID, mm-hmm. of course, there is you go. Yeah. probably here forever. Um, everyone's transferring. Like, okay, maybe not everyone. Lots of people. Yeah. Lots of people. And so I see it as opportunity. I also see it as um young adults making choices for themselves, being advocating for themselves, asserting themselves, not feeling trapped if something doesn't work out. And what I say from also from personal experience, having experienced this as a parent, is lean into it. 
Like just yeah. lean right into it. Like it's a great conversation. Okay, it's like let's ha- let's talk about it. So, what are you thinking? Uh, what are the reasons you want to transfer? Okay, what are you thinking you're looking for instead? Okay, have you thought about some places that you might want to look? Have you thought about taking a break? Do you want to have a different yeah. type of experience? Yeah. Like the other thing COVID has taught us is these timelines on the train that we're on to growing up are very, uh, they're, they're constructs they're social constructs. And, um, no one cares down the road. Um, when you finished your degree, when you finished your, uh, vocational certification or whatever training, or when you entered the job force or it doesn't matter. What matters is that you keep moving forward in life in a healthy way in a resilient way, knowing that inevitably you're going to hit bumps. You're going to have to dig deep. Um, you're going to hit some low points and it's all about learning about who you are and what you want in this ever changing world, which is far too, uh, stress promoting, um, in all levels these days. Yep. Yeah. Stress deadline driven time aware, but not necessarily, you know what I'm saying? It's okay to slow down for a minute yes and really examine yes. your options yes yes i i would say that um it's really common for parents to see this as uh obviously stressful and as mm-hmm. negative and even as like wait w- w- what went wrong could we have guided this diff you know the different um like in short see it like as a failure and it's not it's no. a learning opportunity and it's a growth opportunity and it's an opportunity to experience something else. Um, there is the, um, the true lore in uh, my family is that, and my, my kids like love the stories where they hear from my dad. Mm-hmm. My dad went to, I think it was five different colleges before graduating. Yeah. Wow. Like five. And you know, he's had his profession for over, uh, you know, 50, whatever years now. Yeah. And they, it's just like, the stories are amazing. It's like, yeah, then I went here and I did this. And then because of this, I went here and I did this. And, uh, I think this was, <laughs> this was before it was like a thing. Right. Um, and so that has been really helpful in our family. That story of when our kids have decided to maybe do something different and take a left turn or a right turn. We're like, yeah, you know what? It's been done in the family before. So it really is about putting down the fear about this and um seeing it as like wow what's what optimally what is going to come out of this and how do we go through a meaningful process which is what you're asking about how to do it and i say how to do it is you go you you go with it yeah. you do the research if some if you've used a college counselor at your high school um or you've had your own pro- college counselor you reach out to them and you, um, you say, Hey, we're looking at making a change and they have a meeting. Um, you can do this of course on your own. A lot of, um, students are, especially with the internet these days, uh, have done a lot of research mm-hmm. on their own. Mm-hmm. And, um, there is a, there's a, um, that I've learned about more recently, a website called niche.com and it ranks oh. and gives grades and all the information on like every school you can think of, of kindergarten, like elementary uh, high school, college, like all the way through. Wow. And it breaks it down by different categories. You find out how much it costs. You find out yeah. what people think about it. You find out about the professors. I and mean, it's amazing. So I guess in short, lean in and see this as a growth opportunity where you can help empower 
your young adult and support them in the way that um, they're asking, which is important to ask, like how, how would you like us to help or support? And also making sure that um, they're growing through this process and feeling like they're, 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 they're it's, it's something that's, that they're leading instead of it's being done to them. Yes. Yes. I will add that change, change is always scary. Mm-hmm. And it will be a very much a natural reaction for you to feel a bit of that change-induced fear at the prospect of, of this transfer because a lot of legwork does go into those initial college applications and that whole process of touring universities and, and selecting a school. And you may even have a moment where you feel like all that effort, all those schools we went to look at, what a waste of time that was. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are some thoughts that will be emotionally fueled, surely. I know that my when my gears get going, I'm, the thoughts are like little ping pong balls flying mm-hmm. around my, my brain. And in those moments, the best way to help your child is pause and get that moment of perspective that, well, you know, we had a really good time on those tours and we got to see these schools and we got to share that experience. And nothing will change the value that we got out of that experience. So mm-hmm. that's not a wash. Mm-hmm. And yes, change is scary. And I guarantee as your child was contemplating the, this question of maybe I need a change here. Maybe I need to change universities. Maybe I need to transfer. I'm sure they had their moments of fear and stress. And then especially coming to you and sharing this news. Again, moments of fear and stress. So one of the best ways you can help them is just as Dr. Dan said, instead of immediately jumping in and saying, well, why do you want to transfer? Because I'm sure that's what they are dreading is going to be the first question out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. Surprise them with, yeah, yes. what can I do to help you figure this out? Nice. Mm-hmm. There and you go. I think from there, pieces fall into place in terms of mm-hmm. figuring things out and know that there are the resources out there to help you figure this out. And as Dr. Dan said, it is way, way more common now. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's kind of a thing now. Yeah, yes. I would say it's kind of a thing now. So there, there's, yes. there's help out there for parents to, to navigate mm-hmm. this as well. So don't, uh, yes. don't feel like you have to figure this out. If you've had no experience with it before, figure it out from scratch and write the, write the playbook on, on how to right. facilitate a college transfer from the financials to the selection to et cetera. There's a, there are resources. So yes, be calm. Know that this too shall pass mm-hmm. as far as the stressful part of it. And it will lend itself to a broader life experience for your child and, and you, very, and you, and you <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Yep. So yeah. that's, that's, yeah. those are my thoughts. Those are my thoughts. Good thoughts. Openness, interest, and curiosity. Question number three. We are a husband and wife and decided that we are one and done on kids. But everyone we know, friends, family, colleagues, keep asking, insisting we need to have another child. The judgments about only child syndrome are harsh and hurtful. Can you help? Yes. On a number of fronts, yes, um, I can. And yes, the judgments are often harsh and hurtful. 
And I have news because I have looked into this. Many of those judgments are actually are, are actually false uh, via research. And we're going to okay. go through some of them. They're myths, like so many things. Yeah. There's all of these myths that are out there, and uh, this is why we. It's good to have research because research can um, help us expand our paradigm on some yeah. of these things. So here's a myth about only kids. Only children are aggressive and bossy. It turns out that's not true for all only kids. Like there's different personalities across all kids, but this doesn't, right. this doesn't sh show to be true. This is what we also, we always hear now. Um, only kids do get more of their parents' attention and they often do get their parents, um, doing a lot more of adult things with their parents. So often they can come across as more mature, uh, than non, uh, like acting older for their age, just because of their exposure and how they get communicated with, but it doesn't mean that they're aggressive and bossy. Okay. That's one, two, here's another myth about only children that all only children have imaginary companions to compensate for their loneliness. That is not true. We do know that imaginary friends and imaginary companions are a common, uh, is common for all kids. Right. Right. It's, it's yeah. common and they come for different reasons. Sometimes they are because kids are lonely. Um, other times they just have active imaginations uh, and um, it becomes a rich part of their life. And sadly, they all go away over time. Um, they just do. What's the rabbit? Um, the movie? Oh, gosh. Um, um, Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> oh my gosh What's harvey 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 right yes. okay that was more magical he was yeah. a little beyond the age that we would used to think about that but, but <laughs> so have it so so no no it doesn't mean that um only children all have imaginary friends because they're lonely um here's another one only children only children are spoiled well they do often get they can get more attention than families that have number of kids where parents have to spread their attention, that doesn't equal that they're spoiled. Many kid, different types of kids coming from different kinds of family comp compositions can be spoiled, and that comes back to parenting. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. and, and how do we handle our kids? And I don't wanna blame it all on parenting. Like We have a child's temperament, and then we have the context and the family environment and the family dynamic, right? right? It's, yeah. it's, it's, there's a lot going on there, but so no, it doesn't mean that only children are all spoiled because they're only, and then wait, there's more. Um, <laughs> and I gotta say, not, this is, this is great because yeah. I've heard all of the myths Yes, and I'll be honest. I mean, some of them, I thought sounded, they made sense to me. And so I'm, this is a learning opportunity for me right here. So keep it rolling. Okay, I've got a few more. Um, another myth, only children are selfish. This goes back to the same kind of myth about bossiness. Yeah. And, um, no, I mean, there are temperaments in kids, but it, just because you're an only child doesn't mean you're selfish. Um, and we have to, have to think about the context by which kids are, a lot of uh, only kids have cousins and a lot of only kids, guess what? They go to school. They're on sports teams. They're in the theater. They're in scouts. Right. They're like they're around other people. They're being socialized yes. Yes. outside of the home. Yes, and I think that's yes. where these these myths kind of these go. They go yes. sideways. Um, and related, another myth: mm -hmm. only children must have their own way. Like, no, that's not true. And remember, everyone, 
with young age, with kids who are young and at certain times during adolescence, this is universal for that age group. I need to have my way, right? I am the I am the center of the yes. universe. Like people who come from multiple child families still at these developmental ages feel like they are the center of the universe. Mm -hmm. It can be, mm -hmm. it's developmentally appropriate, um, of course. And it, I was going to say, and it yeah. comes back around again when they're teenagers. Exactly. It comes back <laughs> around. And of course, if these are enduring qualities over yes. time, we want to see about how we can help that either ourselves yes. or with um a trained professional a guide to help us um but again a lot of these things are developmentally appropriate mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and here's another one which is an interesting myth only children are dependent which is an interesting myth because a lot of times only children are actually independent right which which, which yes. because yes. they just um they're often treated as a little older um and they play up they often play up, which which connects to the last myth, which is only children become too, too mature too quickly, right? So when you're an only child, again, you are often with your parents a lot. You are often doing a lot of things and being out in the world because you can. It's much easier to take one child with you than two, three, or four. Right. And you're often spoken to and like develop the uh, more mature, I guess, older adult language earlier, it's mm -hmm. thought than with um, kids from with having multiple siblings. Um, but it's another it's another myth. And you notice like all of these are this, these negatives. So yeah. in the big picture, I would say the research and my experience is that all of those things could be true in particular families of only kids and of multiple sibling families. And at the same time is that I believe the only child with a thoughtful parenting approach um, will not experience any of those yeah. hurtful and punitive things that you're hearing. So I'm, I, um, I feel we often have as parents of, um, different family compositions or neurodiverse situations. Mm -hmm. We often have to stand in the face of like societal expectations and scrutiny and quite frankly, negativity and yeah. to stand strong in your own path and trust what yes. you feel is right for you and your child is going to be right for you and your child. Because I can also say, okay, have a couple more kids just to dispel the myths and then be really stressed out. That's not good for your kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. And just to, uh, two of the, two of the points you brought up, the dependent versus independent mm -hmm. you know, when viewed through the lens of a parent. So just from my experience of, of having two children as a parent, you are not always going to be able to entertain or mm -hmm. hang out or just mm -hmm. be there for your child at every beck and call. And that would hold true if you had one child and they might come to you say, Oh, let's do this. And you would have to say, well, I've I'm doing this right now. So you need to entertain yourself or figure out X, Y, or Z. Whereas, Oh, I am busy right now doing X, Y, or Z or making dinner. Go see if your sister will play with you. Mm -hmm. So you see where I'm going with that is that right. I'm not saying that multiple children are, are less, less independent but they certainly have more opportunity 
growing up to not have to be independent. If they have a sibling that is fairly close in age where they can spend time together as my girls did growing up, they spent a lot of time together. And then to that, to that end, uh, as far as having, you know, two siblings fairly, fairly close in age, you know, within a few years, I noticed that my younger daughter matured much more quickly than my older daughter. Same. You know, so it's, again, uh, this is just me Mm -hmm. emphasizing that a myth is a myth. And and don't let myths make decisions for you. You know it's right for you. Yes, and if you, anyone listening, Okay, I'm sure you you might know some um, only children uh, or, or only children who are now adults who mm-hmm. might, might have some of these characteristics. So that's fair. Like this is across the human spectrum. But I also c- can guarantee that you all know people who are only children who don't exhibit any of these characteristics, yeah. right? <laughs> like yeah. like none of them. Um, yeah. So yeah, trust yourself. Trust yourself. Yeah, trust yourself. And. And it's okay if you ask this question, believing some of these myths yourself, it, mm-hmm. that not just hearing it from people saying this to you as cautionary tales about only having one child, it's okay if you believe some of these to be true, because just challenge those beliefs. You know, even if you think it might be true, even if it is true, doesn't mean that it has to be true for you and, and your child, your only mm-hmm. child. Yes. Boom. There you have it. (laughs) There you have it. Okay, question number four. My daughter took a gap year because of COVID, and now she's suddenly, with two weeks away from starting her first college year, she wants to withdraw. Help. This was not our agreement. Mm. Mm, that is a tough situation. Empathy from parent to mm. parent, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. This is one of the, another thing to lean into. That's going to be a theme, you guys. Just uh, so much of life is we need to embrace what's happening instead of um, fight it and run away from it or avoid it. And this is your daughter telling you something. So we actually need to find out why. Often it's anxiety. Um, A lot of kids who were sidelined, well, many kids were sidelined socially um, because of COVID. Many have had trouble returning to their normal social life, even when they were going back to their regular school. Oh, yeah. This one is um, much more um, intense and layered because You've been uh, taking a year off, and then you're now going to a brand new place to go live on your own. And many kids are not ready for that, right? That, that's this. That's this um, interesting. I think I've said I've said this before on an episode, I believe, which is before COVID, the stats were that one out of three college freshmen do not return to the same college or university their sophomore year. Mm-hmm. before COVID, mm-hmm. okay? And yeah. there's, there's a number of reasons for that. Um, everything from depression, anxiety, drugs, internet, um, perfectionism, over-scheduling. I mean, there's so many reasons. Um, 
the point is, this is a huge transition and we really want to lean into the process, even though I know you don't have a lot of time, <laughs> which is what is going on? And do you need to then, well, you, I would say, do you need to listen? Yeah, yes, you really need to listen. Then what do you do about what's what you hear? How do you ideally come up with a collaborative plan? I can tell you that forcing a child to school, regardless of age, when they're not ready, usually doesn't go well. Yes, mm -hmm. there is the argument with anxiety that if we can just get someone there with the right supports and they settle into that, that could be that taking care of the anticipatory anxiety and then someone feels comfortable. That is very possible too. So I don't want to count that out, but mm -hmm. you really need to take a thoughtful look about the why. And if it is a mental health issue, can the mental health issue be dealt with there in conjunction to a transition? Yeah. Or does it really need to be, okay, now we need to look at something that we haven't really been looking at or wasn't we weren't aware of? Mm -hmm. And if there is another deferral, there's mm -hmm. deferral with a plan. Like I just met with a client who's in college but is deferring um is do it deferring due to some things that this person is um, dealing with. And the, the, the semester off, we have a whole plan about what's going to take place for growth and for health yeah. for this person to meet their goals when that semester ends. So I just think we need to be really thoughtful about these situations and don't feel the pressure of, and I can tell you, I totally understand this, like what are people going to think and what is this going to mean for our child? We have to try to put those on the back burner to really understand what's going on. Yeah. It may not feel like it, especially since some decisions need to be made lickety split, but also in the same breath, time is also your friend here. So try to look at time as a positive thing in, in, in the somewhat bigger picture than where you are immediately. But listening again is, is going to go a very, very long way to making it a, an easier situation to manage for both yourself and your child. And I, as a, as we were, as you were talking through this, Dr. Dan, I was, I was wondering that so they took, they took a year with COVID and I don't know if that's because their university had shut down or they just felt that was the right choice for them. I do wonder if this anxiety about starting school or whatever is going on was something that was occurring back then, COVID notwithstanding, right. and they just, they just had a, the escape hatch of COVID. Mm -hmm. And so maybe whatever is going on goes back to then. Mm -hmm. And that might not be something I wouldn't recommend asking that because you don't want to, you want to be very careful about making your child feel like you are judging them in mm -hmm. any way for having, having these feelings about not being ready. Mm -hmm. uh, because that's the quickest way that you're going to shut down any, any, any way of figuring this out collaboratively. Mm -hmm. And you definitely don't want to, have it be like, well, you were going to school, this is happening. Yes. Uh, it's always best in these types of scenarios, if, if they're not feeling like they are making the decision themselves or they are incapable, you know, they can't do this decision on their own other than the, other than the not go decision, arriving together at a decision together, be it, okay, we're going to give this a shot or 
we're going to wait six months. If you are arriving at this decision together, it's going to feel so much better on both sides, no matter what this decision is. And so, yes, it is stressful and you probably feel like the rug has been pulled out from under you. And especially if this is something that just kind of came up, they might've been holding off on sharing because Mm -hmm. of the fear of how this is going to play out with you as their parents. So it's hard. It's hard to lean into these situations and take a little solace. And this is an opportunity for you to grow as a parent and mm-hmm. for you to really, really show up when it really counts. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you need to, you know, go for a walk and, and find a quiet corner of the park and scream, yeah. do that too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, your points are making me think, uh, also add something from a clinical perspective, mm. which is, you know, how to, like one question is, um, how long have you been feeling this way? Yeah. And the, the wondering then is this is, this is some anxiety worry that's been percolating for some time mm-hmm. because the other possibility is if that wasn't going on, it's not uncommon for a little anxiety attack or a little panic episode with the reality of something new. And then the response is, I, I can't do this. I'm not going mm-hmm. because you're in a panic mode. So it's really trying to understand this process to allow you to have more context. Um, again, even if you don't have the context, I still recommend everything that we are both talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that that context can actually help with the direction that you go. Yep. Yeah, 100%. And the last thing I'll say is having having that context will only make you you feel like less <laughs> panicked in the moment of how do I address this? Because context equals information and that knowledge is ultimately the power for you as a parent. So get that context. All right. We are on our final question, which I am, it fits the theme that we began with saying, wow, time really does go by very rapidly. (laughs) (laughs) So for our final question, we parents husband and wife are finally empty nesters and we want to downsize our house. How do we bring this up with our three children all in college or about to graduate college this year? They are not going to be happy. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, congratulations on being at this place. Um, Our own experience um, having had a short stint of that is they often do come back at different faces if there's room. (laughs) Um, And, you know, the way we've approached this is we started to have open conversations as things were unfolding, which is, huh, you never know where we're going to want to be. And uh, maybe we want to have a different, we want to find a different place and maybe we don't need as much space. And um, we were actually doing that very intentionally, um, authentically and intentionally to start the conversation and to hear the reactions of like, wait, wait, what? Wait, we would be moving? Like, we wouldn't have this house? We're like, we, we don't know what we're going to do. We're just like, we're just visioning mm-hmm. our life. You know, and and I think this is one of these interesting things is where, um, first of all, stability is wonderful. And I know me- I've had many friends, know many people who had very um, 
stable residences. And I also have many friends whose parents for their job moved all over the place who are very stable individuals from very stable families who had wonderful life experiences. So there is no, you know, there's, there's many ways to do this. I think it's important, you know, parent footprint is about parents focusing on themselves to be the best persons they can be, to be engaged in their life and to model this health and engagement for their children. So you are modeling that you have a life and are at a phase of life, which you've never been before, and you're now looking to what's next. Your kids are going to one day be there. Your kids mm. are watching you. And we say, like, at, at, for how long should we be doing things in our life just for our kids as yes. opposed to things for ourselves? So I like the idea of starting a conversation about what you guys are thinking for your place in life. Because it's other thing yeah. that seems to have happened over time, or maybe for all time, uh, which I think is hopefully being reversed a little bit, is, is all the focus and talk is about children transitioning to their different developmental milestones right. without the awareness or, or talk about parents yeah. adults are adults. We are always transitioning into some place that we have never been before. And so we talk yes. about that with our kids when they're wow. saying like, about anything like, wait, 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 what? Why or why did you do that? Or why did you say that? Or um, what are you going to do about this? I often say, you know what? I don't know. I've never done this before. Like I've never been 53 before. I've yeah. never like we never imagined that all three of you would be out of the house. Like we didn't even imagine that was even possible. You know, we didn't even imagine life. We didn't even imagine you before we had you. And then once we've had you, we can't imagine life without you. And now we have this whole other life that we're looking at that we're trying yeah. to figure out what to do next. Yeah. So I just love the authentic dialogue allowing for all of the different emotions um, to come out. Yeah. Um, but I feel like when our kids see us engage talking with them, treating them as equals and like engaging in life together, it's just a different process than... Hey kids, we need to have a family conversation. We're still in the family house and <laughs> yeah. we're moving across the country. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely agreed. Again, open discussion through all through everyone's stages makes things better. Very <laughs> infrequently, I would say it makes things worse. Maybe in the moment. Right. Maybe in one or three of the discussions it may feel worse and as Dr. Dan has said several times on this call, you lean in and know that eventually, as we talk through these things, it will get better. Mm -hmm. And you never know, your kids may not be as unhappy as you think. Mm -hmm. Of mm -hmm. course, of course, there will be the, that nostalgic, like, oh, wow, the family home it will always be home. Mm -hmm. My parents uh, sold the family home going on, gosh, almost eight years ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. And you know, myself and my sisters, we grew up in that house. My mother grew up in that house. A oh, lot, wow. of, lot wow. of history in that house. A lot of history, yeah. And was I, was I sad to hear that the, the house was going to be going? Yes. Was I surprised? Well, no, because I knew that day was eventually going to come and we hadn't even really discussed mm -hmm. it all that much, but it just, 
was something that when I found out about it, yeah, it made sense and it didn't surprise me. And and I knew I felt sad and your kids will know they feel sad because, and it might take them a moment to reach that conclusion, but because they did have these wonderful memories at that house. Mm-hmm. And no matter who is living in that house, they will still have all those wonderful memories. Mm-hmm. They might not be able to physically go back to that space, but in their mind's eye, they can go back whenever they want. Mm-hmm. And yep. so yep. there will be the initial very much like a grieving the loss of the family house, mm-hmm. which will then transform into having those memories and being okay with it being the memories. And they'll throw you a housewarming party for your new place. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it will, it will have a happy ending as long as you aren't springing it on them or making it seem right. like something you were trying to hide from them until the ink was dry. <laughs> yeah, and I just, it's reminding me of a recent experience with a client who did this, uh, is in this process, and, and it did in a wonderful way. Um, there's family transitions going on and mm-hmm. um, people moving and a college-age daughter and um, the conversation went something like this is, hey, you know, you know, we're um, we're in transition and we're moving to this other place and we know the family home is really important to you and you have a few more years of college left and we want you to have a place to land. So what we're thinking of doing is actually renting out this place on short-term rentals when we're not here, but having it available to you when you come home from the summer, just because the family has this option to do so. And we're thinking about holding on to the house for uh, a couple more years. Um, what we were told was we'd have to kind of make the house look a little different. And we're wondering how you feel about that. And as long as if you have your room and you can make your room look like how you like it, what do you think? The conversation went like there was a lot of trepidation about this mm-hmm. and it was a really mature conversation. Yeah. And the young adult was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That sounds good. Now, here was an opportunity to have a little runway. And this is mm-hmm. where I feel like if you can have any kind of runway, yeah, that's why like any, any kind. kind of conversation, any prep versus this is what we're doing, <laughs> it usually goes better because it gives people time to talk and to settle into the reality. Yeah, even even if your mind is made up, which it does yes. sound yeah. like your mind is made up, and that's totally. fine. And I think it's awesome. Like, yeah. congratulations, and yeah. good, good for you guys. Yeah, and I got to say that it really... It was one of, for me, it was one of those hmm, yeah, moments. When totally. you were talking about the develop, as a human being, our developmental journey. Yeah. And once, you know, once you're a parent, you don't, you stop thinking that you're still having this developmental journey that is going to last your entire life and that you have phases and stages. Totally. And wow. So embrace yeah. it, embrace right. it, embrace it. And, and share it with your kids and have it be, you know, you're sharing it with them, but it, at the end of the day, it's your journey. And this part is, mm-hmm. is about you and, and that's great. And that's okay. And your kids yeah. love you and they will be okay with it too. And it's good for them to see you yes. doing it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Wow. I think that's it. All right. This is good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. All right. See, hey, listeners, we so appreciate your questions because we grow from them too. Yes, we are, we yes. are like all Every in time. this. We're all in this together. <laughs> They're so helpful for all of us. So thank you. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for these great questions. We read every single one of them. We appreciate you listening to our regular Thursday drop of Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan. 
love having you a part of these sitting down sessions and um you know what to do. You can subscribe on the Wondery app to hear all of these bonus episodes and our podcast ad-free. Keep following us on our feed. Keep inviting all of your wonderful friends and family to our amazing community. Do your best to be the person you want your child to become and ask yourself the guiding question, what footprint do you want to leave? This has been a Peters and Rossi production. Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan is produced by Laura Rossi. Our engineer is Phil Rossi. Theme music is Mountain Spring High, composed and performed by Gabriel Lewis. Artwork is by Garrett Ross. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Parent Footprint Podcast and on Twitter at Dr. Dan Peters. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Follow Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show.